What's good, everybody? Welcome back. And how is everybody surviving without the first week of official football? Super Bowl's over. Pro Bowl's over. I'm sitting here watching reruns of old games. I think I watched the game from 1999 the other day on NFL Network. I'm doing anything I can to get my football fixed. I'm watching old YouTube videos and checking out old stats. And I'm getting, I'm staying out of Derek Carr debates. I'll tell you that. I'm staying out of all Derek Carr debates. I think that there is no debate to be had on that, but yet people still want to debate on that, whatever. And I'm anxiously watching every piece of NFL news that comes through my Twitter timeline, that comes up on Google search, everything, to see what the hell is going to happen in the league. We've got a quarterback carousel that's going on right now. you got Carson Wentz, who was just traded to the Colts. Uh, he's reunited with his former coach, Frank Reich. I think it's going to be a good move for them. I think it's a good move for the Colts. If Carson can stay healthy, I mean, at one point, Carson was a top five quarterback in the NFL. Carson was third in MVP voting. Carson got his team in a position to make the playoffs, and obviously he got hurt, and Nick Foles took over, and the rest is history, and the underdogs and all that, but Carson Wentz was at the top of his career not that long ago. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of reports that came out. There's been a lot of rumors that came out about Carson's ego, Carson's attitude. How is that going to translate? I think that, you know, we've seen some text messages from, the, from him to other teammates that he's ready to work. Um, I think that the excitement of him being out there with his former coach, I think that's going to give him some excitement. I'm curious to see what he does because right now he's got a top defense. He's got some playmakers on offense. He has the tools that he, can't, that he needs to be successful in this league, and he's already going into a team that's playoff ready. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see where he goes, what happens with him. Uh, it was a virtually cheap trade for the Colts. Um, it was more expensive for the Eagles. The Eagles had to, you know, take a cap hit of $33 million to get rid of them. Uh, but the Jalen Hurts era has now begun in Philly. And so Eagles fans, I know you guys are excited. I've, I've talked to some of my fraternity brothers who are all Eagles fans. These guys are excited. Uh, you got a new regime over there. You got some new people over there getting started. It's going to be exciting for people in Philly because you've got a quarterback who will be able to change the game a little bit. Uh, he's got the ability to move, he's got the ability to run, he's got the ability to throw the deep shot. They need to surround him with some talent. Obviously, they need a little more help on that offensive line. That's one of the reasons why Carson Palmer, or Carson Palmer, Carson Wentz got hurt. But if they surround him with some talent and they put some pieces to that puzzle, that Eagles team could be good in a few years. I don't see them doing much this year, and I'm sorry, but I don't see them doing much this year, especially in a division that is probably the worst in football. I mean, if we're being completely honest, you have Washington football team making the playoffs with a losing record. Um, you know, you had the Cowboys who don't know what their quarterback situation is right now. And you've got the Giants. Well, look, the Giants aren't very giant right now. And so we look around the league. We look at some of these teams. We look at these teams in the NFC East and there's not much to be excited about. There's obviously going to be a little bit of excitement generated from there, but you know, hey, get excited about the Jalen Hurts era. But enough about quarterbacks. Let's get into the guys that really matter. The reason why you guys are all here. The reason why 
I do this podcast. Let's talk about some of these defensive linemen that are available. And man, this list keeps growing. This list is getting big. It's getting beautiful. You've got J.J. Watt that was just released by the Houston Texans. You've got Kawan Short that was just released by the Panthers. The Broncos are expected to not pick up Von Miller's option. He might become a free agent. Dude, Von Miller, J.J. Watt, two of the top-rated defensive ends. Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP. J.J. Watt, three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, sure, they're, they're getting up there in age, but these guys are premier players. These guys are still top talent, especially when they're healthy. Now, obviously, Vaughn's coming off of that ankle tear, and, you know, obviously, you know, J.J.'s had his fair share of injuries as well. Kawan Short as well. He's had his fair, fair share of injuries. But these are guys that are top talents. Then you look around the league, there's more. You've got Melvin Ingram, who's going to be available. Some other big names at the defensive end, you've got Leonard Williams, you've got Jadavion Clowney, and you've got Yannick Ngakwe. Those are three players that can make an impact on any team. Now, you'd have to think that Yannick gets a big deal done. He was traded to Baltimore. Uh, they expect to get a deal done with him. Jadavian, obviously he's not the player that he was supposed to be when he was a first-round pick, but he is still a very disruptive player. I think that, you know, any team would be lucky to have him when he's healthy because he is still a force. And if you pair him with the right pass rusher, he can make plays. I think that he's a guy that you put him with in a good situation, he's going to make that situation better. You put him in a situation that's decent, he's not going to do much. He's going to be in a position where if he's not healthy, he's not going to do much. So that's where you kind of got to look with Jadavian Clowney. When you look at Leonard Williams, he's a force. And he's a guy that when he was going through the draft process, when the Raiders are going through the draft process, grew up in Southern California, grew up a Raider fan, said he wanted to be drafted by the Raiders. He's a guy that I've always had my eye on as somebody I would want to be a Raider. I've been very vocal about this, and I'm going to continue to be vocal about this. So Leonard Williams, if you're listening, which you're probably not, because if you were, you'd be on my podcast right now talking to me. I want you to be a Raider. If you do not sign with New York, if they do not lock you up on a big-time contract, I want you to be a Raider. Now, as we go down this list, as we look at the interior linemen, there are still some great players out there. And the Raiders, looking at the Raiders, they need help on the interior line. Don't get me wrong. I love Mo Hurst. I love Jonathan Hankins. But we need more help. We need some guys that can plug up that middle. We need some guys that can draw a double team. We need some guys that can get after the passer because at the end of the day, quite frankly, our pass rush wasn't good across the board. Now, obviously, Max was dealing with injuries. Klee was dealing with injuries and COVID. Mo was dealing with injuries. Hankins was there. Malik Collins was not the Malik Collins that was expected to be signed. So that's where you look at, yes, there are players there. There are names there. You got to look at what can the Raiders do to get better? What can teams do to get better? Looking around the league, defensive tackles. After Kawan Short, you have Indomitian Sue. You've got Jonathan Hankins, who's actually a free agent right now, so he may not be returning to the silver and black. You've got Shelby Harris, a guy who I was pissed when the Raiders let him go. He's been playing phenomenally in Denver. He's a guy that if you get him in a ball game situation, he's going to bat that ball down. He's going to be, I think he leads the league in bat downs. I got to look at it, but as a defensive lineman, he, that he's, he does what you are taught to do. When the ball is thrown, if you can't get to the quarterback, you put your damn hands up and you bat that ball down. 
Sheldon Rankins is out there. I mean, there are some players out there that you can really make some moves with. Demata Pico and Snacks Harrison. Look, get my oost Demata Pico on the team. Not only is Demata a fun name, not only is Pico a fun name, but he lights it up. I mean, he's getting there in age, but he is still a guy that can come in and make an impact. And then Snacks, man. Snacks went healthy. And then that's the thing. When we talk about all these guys, they're free agents for a reason, right? They're free agents for a reason. One, it's a big contract sometimes. Two, it's guys that have health issues. Not health as in like they get sick, but health as in, you know, their body takes a lot of wear and tear. As a defensive lineman, a lot of people don't understand what goes in to being a defensive lineman. You know, these players are taking a beating. You've got guys in there that are 300 plus going head to head on every single play. Smashing helmet to helmet, shoulder pad to shoulder pad. Hands, arms, legs, feet up in there. Yeah, players take a beating. I'll tell you, I played defensive line my whole high school, college career. And I took a beating. I, mean, I, got, I got two bad knees. I got arthritis in my neck. I got arthritis in my hands. Multiple concussions. So it really, it, it takes a toll on your body. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't shade it for anything. I mean, I had the time of my life. I played with some of, you know, the best guys out there. I played against some top talent. I got to go to a lot of places that I would have never been before. I got to play in a lot of places that I've never would have played before. I got to play at Disney World in high school. You know, I've played in bowl games. I've won bowl games. I've played in championships. I've gone to the Shrine Hospital and met with the kids. So, you know, you look at that there's nothing that I would change about football. There's nothing I would change or give back about football, except for the fact that I probably would have taken care of my body a little bit better. I probably would have trained a little bit harder, trained a little differently, um, not been such a knucklehead listening to my coaches. Shout out Coach Longero if you're listening, um, <laughs> because I was a knucklehead when, when I was younger, and I, I kind of did things my own way. And, you know, sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't. But getting back to it, when we look at these players, when we look at why some players are free agents. Tim Brown had a really great quote that I think stands true still today. If a team wants you, they will do whatever it takes to keep you. And I'll repeat that. If a team wants you, they will do whatever it takes to keep you. So when we talk about the Raiders trading away Khalil Mack, then we have to ask, did the Raiders want to keep Khalil Mack? Now, obviously, Fans did. Players on the team did. I'm sure coaches in the locker room did. I'm sure some people in the front office did. But I think that Khalil Mack's holdout rubbed some of the Raiders brass the wrong way, especially Mark Davis. And we saw it a little bit in his interview with Vic Tafer, some of the things that he said about it. But if teams want you, they will find a way to keep you. So let's let's break that down. Let's look at it. Now, obviously, J.J. Watt was released because he asked for a release. And it takes me back to a topic that we talk about a lot on this pod is what the hell is going on over in Houston? You know, we look at guys that take a pay cut to stay with the team. Because not only is it mutual that the team wants them, but the, they want to be there. The salary cap is a myth. We've seen it time and time again. The salary cap is a myth. Oh, the Kansas City Chiefs only have $75 available. And then all of a sudden they restructure a couple deals. They move a player. They give an extension. And they've got all this money. The Rams. Ah, oh, the Rams, they're, they're in salary cap hell. 
They trade a couple firsts, get Jalen Ramsey. They trade another first. They get Matt Stafford. They keep trading away their first-round picks, and they're doing better with their first-round picks than a lot of teams do actually picking players. Um, you know, I'm not opposed to the Raiders trading picks for a player because I would rather have proven talent. You've got a lot of green bananas that are out there, and you need proven talent, proven leaders. Now, we talk about the culture of locker rooms. We talk about, you know, leadership. That's all fine and dandy. But if you don't have a veteran leader, it doesn't matter if you're a, a rookie player. It doesn't matter if you're a third-year player. If you don't have that, that veteran leadership, if you don't have that person who's going to be a voice in the locker room and also show it on the field, then it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because, look, you can be as vocal as all hell, but if you play like dog doo-doo, nobody's going to listen to you. I, I, I'm just being honest. You know, motivational, motivational speakers, that's great. But like Jay-Z said, moral victories are for minor league coaches. Now, there's some players out there that can make plays, that can lead, that can do a lot of things. Not only are they going to be moral leaders in the locker room, but they're going to be leaders on the field. They're going to show you how to play the game. J.J. Watt is not just a vocal leader in the locker room. His play translates to the field. Von Miller is not just a vocal leader in the locker room. His play translates to the field. That's what you got to look at looking at these players. That's what you got to look at looking at adding free agents to the team. That's where you look at the fits, the fits of team. Because sometimes players don't fit. Sometimes players can, and can talk a good game, but they don't back it up. Or when things get rough, they quit on you. Shout out Bruce Irvin. So you really have to look at the caliber of these players. You have to look at the caliber of how they act on the field, how they act off the field, how if they're mentors, are they, are they not mentors, are they role players, what are they? And know what you're getting for your team and what your team needs are. Because sometimes what your team needs are aren't exactly what you're getting. You know, you can't add a 4-3 linebacker into a 3-4 system and expect him to flourish. You can't add a defensive tackle who plays a 3 technique and try to stick him out at the 5 and get 10 sacks a season. That's just not going to happen. Put people in a position to win. Play players where they play well. Don't put a box safety in single high coverage. He's going to get beat every time. Don't put a single high safety in the box and expect him to come up and make a big play. They're not built like that. Don't play a press corner in cover two. Don't run bootlegs on quarterbacks that can't get out of the pocket. If a quarterback runs a 5-5, don't have him do an outside run. It just doesn't make sense. You've got to play players to their strengths. You've got to add pieces to their strengths. You've got to add people who make sense to teams, and that's why teams are successful. That's why you look at the successful teams week in and week out, year in and year out. And the reason why is because they play to players' strengths. They coach the players' strengths. Coaching matters. Believe it or not, coaching matters. So that said, we look at players that are out there. We look at tons of people that are out there. There's obviously a plethora of free agents from top to bottom, role players, studs, guys that are barely going to make it in the league, guys that might have a chance, guys that are going to be able to get in on special teams, 
And that's where you have to look at because not every agent, not every free agent is going to be a splash signing. Not every person that joins a team is going to be that stud player. Not everybody that joins a team is going to be the next quote unquote somebody else. But when you look at the team needs, when you look at teams that have needs, and every team has needs, top to bottom, and we can look at even the Super Bowl teams, the Kansas City Chiefs need an offensive line. Pat Mahomes was getting his ass kicked all day long on Super Bowl Sunday. And granted, they were out two tackles, but they were out two tackles for a majority of the postseason. And towards, I mean, during the year, the, the offensive line wasn't playing that well either. Teams have needs. And you need depth. And so, yes, not every free agency signing is going to be a splash. But adding in those players, adding in depth players, adding in role players, and doing it with the proper mix is going to give you more significance up front, more significance throughout the team. And it gives, you t- gives your team a better chance to win. It gives you a better chance to set up for success. You can't be successful if you don't have a recipe for success. You ever gone into the kitchen and, and, and try to throw something together and say, well, I'm just going to throw all this stuff together and hopefully it makes sense. No. You got to have a recipe. You got to have a, a game plan. You don't go to the store and buy a bunch of stuff and throw it together and hope that it works. You have a, you have a game plan. Say, I'm going to get some meat. I'm going to get some vegetables. I'm going to get some you know, dairy, whatever. You throw it together based off of a plan. And that's what you need to do. And that's what teams need to do is when they look at the guys that they're bringing in, they look at the players that they're bringing in, it has to make sense. Does this recipe fit this dish? Right? You're going to put salmon and cheese together? I mean, if you're Steve Urkel, you might, but <laughs> you're not going to do it if it doesn't make sense. You got to do meals that make sense. You got to do teams that make sense. You got to do things that make sense. I'm going to bring it all back to food. Because at the end of the day, it's a game plan, a recipe, an order, an idea, a plan. Now, as we talk about free agents, we talk about free agency. There's some free agents out there uh, that have been making some news in the headlines that have been, you know, doing some things, doing their part in the community. Uh, Most notably, Cam Newton was recently seen at one of his football camps being heckled by one of the the kids that were there. And and if I'm not mistaken, this was a free camp camp that Cam put on. And the kid's sitting there talking about, you're a free agent, you suck, this and that. Cam responds with, I'm rich. Uh, but then Cam pulls everybody together and, and brings the kid out. And the kid backpedals faster than Deion Sanders because Cam has him on the spot. And he, he points out the fact that everybody's looking at you right now because you did this to yourself. But I'm trying to put on this camp, and I'm trying to t- teach you how to play ball. I'm trying to teach you some things. And I'm asking, what do you do? He asked the kid. He said, what did, he said how did you do in your games? The kid said, well, you can see. He goes, no, I asked you. How did you do? What did you do? The kid couldn't answer a simple question. When put on the spot, the kid couldn't answer a simple question. And that's the problem is social media and the upbringing of kids today has given people an, an opportunity to say whatever they want, do whatever they want, and act however they want with the fear or with no fear of consequences. So now you got kids at a, at a football camp telling 
a Heisman Trophy winner, a former NFL MVP, a guy who led his team to the Super Bowl, that he's trash. Where is this kid done? I mean, come on, this kid's in high school. He hasn't, you haven't done anything. But this kid knows that Cam can't do anything to him. He can't really say anything to him. But Cam tries to talk to him and tries to teach him a lesson. And then the kid's coach gets involved, gets in the middle, and doesn't even let Cam say what he has to say. He's like, ah, no, 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 I got this, I got this. No, you obviously don't got it because you as a coach, you're supposed to be teaching your players discipline. The parents, yes, of course, parents are supposed to be the ones that lead their kids. But at the end of the day, once those kids get out of the house, any athlete knows this. Once the kids get out of the house and you go to school, you go to your athletic program, your coaches are the greatest influence that you have. And they're going to be the ones that you look up to. They're going to be the ones that lead you in the right direction. They're going to be the ones that steer you the right way that help you make the right decisions. And your coach is over here making excuses for you. So it, it, it then actually makes me look at, what is this team's record? <laughs> what, you know, really, what is this team's record? How has this team performed? And what is this coach saying to players after games? What do you say after losses? What do you say when people get penalties? What do you say when there's a mistake on the field? What do you say when... Your quarterback has a bad player. Your defensive lineman misses a tackle. What are you saying to these players? You tell them that it's okay? Are you holding them accountable? Are you making them run in practice? How are you holding your players accountable? Because by those actions and what I saw in that video, and at the end of this, I'll post a quick clip, but by those actions, it tells me that they are not being taught discipline. Not at home, not on the football field, and certainly not at camp. No, no, ain't no disrespect. You know, if you want some attention, I'm gonna give you some attention. The right way, bro. The right way. When do y'all play? We play tomorrow. What was y'all record today then? One and two. No, two and two and one. What did you do? I wasn't able to see because y'all was two. Cameras on me. All right, bro. What did he do, man? Does he play? He got speed. He got speed. No, he's like his yeah, speed. Yeah. Oh. You're going to see. Huh? You're going to see. Nah, don't act shy now, nah, bro. See. Don't act shy. <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Yeah, I'm going to see. see. I couldn't see today. You're going to watch YouTube. YouTube. Oh, you watch YouTube? I know you do. You cafeteria crotch, man. Don't do that. Stop, stop, stop. What you do? No, I'm really trying to ask you. I'm trying to see like what you do. We do that shit for real, though. I'm like. We rep that 215. 205? 215. 215. Okay, cool. Bro. I'm just like, <laughs> please don't be one dimensional. Like, like you said something to me, then I go, I'm really trying to talk to you. I'm not trying to like crack no jokes. I'm just really trying to ask a simple question. Bro. I'm so, I, it's, it's your fault why everybody's looking, but I'm really just trying to ask a question. But you never said what you did. You said you're going to see. So, so as things start opening back up, sports are starting to open back up in, in California, especially. You have. At the end of February, I believe it's the football, water polo. All the fall sports are, are going to be able to start back up. So coaches, parents, if you guys are listening to this, make sure you're teaching the kids the right thing. Make sure that they're not going out there acting like knuckleheads, talking like they would on social media. Kids, if you're listening, don't be dumb. Don't act like jackasses. 
I know it sounds fun. It, it, it seems to be fun to get a little, little likes and retweets for the clout. It's not fun. And also, make sure you are making the most of every single moment that you have. Take advantage of these opportunities. Until next time.